I think a lot of people tiptoe around just flat out saying like, hey, if you're teaching gunfighting, have you ever been shot at? Like, let's just go ahead and th- say that's one thing that you should probably you know, be able to answer to. You could be the baddest motherfucker on paper and in your head, but when it comes down to getting shot at, you might be like, holy fuck, I don't like this. Welcome to the Make Ready with the Experts podcast. I'm your host, Fernando Coelho. We're here at Pantio Studios bringing you the very best from in and around the firearms industry, covering topics like guns, gear, firearms training, self-defense, and so much more. Everything from industry insights about the latest gear and training techniques to hunting, survival, and empty hands. But this isn't just about the guns, folks. This is about the stories military, law enforcement, and civilian stories of heroics protecting our country, fellow citizens, friends, and neighbors. Today's episode is from the Inside Story series of videos available on Make Ready TV. In this episode, The Warfighters, three Pantio Firearms instructors sit down, discuss current and somewhat controversial topics based on questions and comments from our viewers. You may be asking, why is this episode called The Warfighters? Because each of these men have a special forces background, extensive combat experience, and are all firearms instructors. This makes their insights on what works and what doesn't invaluable to listeners like us. You will hear Kyle Harth. My name is Kyle Harth. I'm a former Special Forces soldier and a current law enforcement officer and trainer. Aaron Baruga. Hi, I'm Aaron Baruga. I'm the founder of Grill Approach. I'm a former Green Beret, and now I train law enforcement and situationally aware citizens on how to better defend themselves and employ purposeful tactics for self-defense. And Robert Keller have a frank conversation at a popular bar in downtown Columbia, South Carolina. I'm Bob Keller. You could be the fastest shooter in the world and the most accurate shooter in the world. If you don't have the balls to face your threat, what good is it? You'll hear the chatter of local Columbia residents enjoying their libations in the background as these three guys share their insights and observations from everything from gunfighting to social media. We'd also like to extend a special thanks to the staff of Bourbon Columbia for their hospitality as well as their special blend of Angel's Envy that helped smooth the way for this episode. And boy did it. Oh, hey, how you doing? Uh, whatever they're having, it's Hi. fine. What are you guys having? Bourbon. Yeah, bourbon, man. Solid. I'm in. Um, so anyway, these are the questions. It's, uh, I guess some of them came directly from folks off social media. Some of them are like questions they, I guess they've been compiling for a while. They're pretty standard. I think we can work through them. So, so social media really legitimate questions then? You know, they're questions. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it, man. Um, all right, first one, I guess. How do you weed through the real instructors sharing knowledge on the forums, social media, and YouTube versus the posers? <laughs> wow, just getting right into it with the, <laughs> the posers right out the bat. Um, I guess that means they think we're not posers. All right, well, I guess we're in the in crowd. I mean, it's a legit question. Social media gives everybody a voice. Unfortunately, those voices aren't always valid. 
It's definitely democratized any transfer of knowledge. And I think that it, it's good and bad, though. It's, uh, there's stuff on there that you can seek out and I think truly learn, but there's also this uh, default towards outrage. Like people just want to yell at each other, or argue over like the most low stake arguments. Well, I think, I think when they get controversial, they feel like it, it gives them like a, a louder voice or a more valid voice. <coughs> yeah. Not necessarily true. Yeah. But I mean, I guess, I guess the real thing is, is if you don't know that person or you don't know the circle they operate in or what their experience level is, I mean, anybody can look good on the internet. I mean, you're here, so I mean, well, yeah. that, that's the proof. No, that I said look good <laughs> on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's. I think that uh, it was a natural reaction to kind of stale content. You know, social media allows everyone to kind of do their own thing, and you know, some people have interesting things to say, but they never had a platform before. Um, but that doesn't make you know everyone a subject matter expert, as we've right. definitely seen too, and. You know, Bob, someone like yourself has a lot of experience. How do you, how do you sift through? Yeah, how do you how do you make people on social shit media aware? Me hard. I mean, how, how do you make them aware of uh, of what your background no, is think, and what I your skill set is? I think the problem is? with the social media instructors or guys putting the stuff out there is, anytime you get on camera, you want to make yourself look cool, right? So they're coming up with content. <laughs> Go ahead. What, hair product? Yeah. They're coming up with content just to make themselves look right. cool on camera. You know? they, they so it's not popular, stuff that yeah. makes sense. It's, yeah, you want to be popular, you want to do stuff that wow, wow is the customer. You know? Well, and that's the thing is, it's, if it looks sexy, yeah. it sells. So exactly. so people are people are elevating things up to the point where they're they're actually not based in fundamentals and they're not they're not valuable anymore. They're great on camera. Right. Yeah. It's cool guys. Which pictures. is dangerous as hell because Absolutely. now these guys dangerous they, as hell. they yeah. get they get they get uh, they get well known as in good instructors out there. Well then that's what guys are going out there. Other guys that are watching this stuff, they think that's the norm yeah. and then start teaching that to all the general public, well that's scary shit. Because now people are freaking practicing on shit that they don't need to. Yeah. yeah. I think it's something that we can see across the board with all culture in any industry is that we don't yet understand the effects that social media is having um, because it does empower that amateur who maybe has something to say about a specific thing, but when you want to broaden his aperture and his voice, he maybe is you know saying stuff outside of his lane. I mean, look at like you know the fake news phenomena kind of a thing where it's like, Stuff that is what's fake news. Fake, what's fake? <laughs> Not anything I watch. Uh, well, it's, you get content that is amplified because it's cool, not because it's credible, and this distorts the the learning process. So, yeah. like I know guys. So that's what I was. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was hitting on exactly. Like a lot of guys will ask you, like you know, hey, when do I do something cool? And you're like, bro, you're doing something cool right now. But their perception and their frame of reference is like, well, I'm not doing like backflips in a course and shooting a gun. This isn't fucking cool, you know? Right. So it's, it's finding that balance. And, you know, I, I think the biggest way you can determine it is, you know, what is the guy's background who's right, teaching right. you? If I want to learn... I, that's exactly yeah. where I was going to go. Because you can't even... It sounds like we're, you know, bad-mouthing or bashing all these guys. In reality, some of these guys think that what they're teaching works. Right. The problem is they, they don't actually know, know whether what it works, works or not. Right. And that's so, the thing. What's right. the validation? And I agree, I agree with you both. It's it's you got to figure out is this person really got the knowledge base to teach this stuff? Yeah. There's stuff I don't teach, particularly and specifically because that's not my specialty. 
It's not what I do. Yeah, well, you're smart then. I well, mean, most people don't do that. And, and I don't have as much of a dog in the hunt. So I, I, can, I can kind of back off and, and say that. But it is, I mean, like, I understand the question. I get it. You know, with everybody having the ability to be instantly famous because you can be on the internet. Yeah. It's it is probably hard to weed them out, but I agree it's background, you know, and it's experience level. And I guess you got to you got to talk to other people. There's also, I mean, I would have to say that association, you know, yeah. good, the good instructors yeah. or the solid base tends to associate with one another or should. Now you know as well as I do, the A students it, hang out with A students, kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah. They do, but now there's a lot of little infighting when that happens too. You know, there's a, there's pokes and jabs, but there's a difference between pokes and jabs and fights. Yeah. Um, well, like any academic, you know, professors should be critiquing each other constantly, you know, but not everyone is a professor kind of a thing. And it's, with social media, we've seen like this allergy almost to even having a discussion about credentials, you know, because so many guys will do different things. And it's like, you know, I think a lot of people tiptoe around just flat out saying like, hey, if you're teaching gunfighting, have you ever been shot at? Like, let's just go ahead and th- say that's one thing that you should probably, you know, be able to answer to. Right. Now, you can take that argument in a lot of different directions, but I think that's a good metric to use when measuring it against a guy's background. It's like, hey, are you opening your mouth and speculating about what's happening every single time you make a statement about, all right, when, yeah. you're, in, when you're in a fight and you're doing this, like, whoa, whoa let's, yeah. let's, let's, skirt, let's that, back it up. Tell me about the fight you're in, because right. if you've never been, like, scared before, if you've never been, like, desperate, and you don't have a you know the breadth of professional experience to understand how everything could fall apart, yeah. then yeah. you know yeah. credentials might matter you know a little bit. I mean, just, that's just that's bit. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is that's it. it exactly. I gotta admit, Kyle, Bob, and Aaron were all correct on this. Our industry has perpetuated both posers and the real deal, real people. You have real instructors that are out there that have legitimate backgrounds, meaning they've really been out there, they've really been in combat, or they really have been on the job as a police officer, uh, dealing with domestics, dealing with other problems, actually having real world experience. You also have competitive shooters out there that are top notch competitive shooters that have won state, national championships. All they do is, is practice, 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 and they've become the best of what they, what they do. And then you have the guys that are out there on social media, on Instagram, on YouTube. They will go to classes from top instructors, become professional students. Then they will go around and perpetuate techniques uh, show techniques as if they are the founder of these techniques or they are now an instructor on the same par as these legitimate instructors. And unfortunately, when you're out there looking at Instagram or YouTube, it's kind of hard sometimes to tell the difference between the real guys and the posers. I mean, you can't always look at a DD-214 and say, okay, this guy really did do this stuff. Or you really can't look at a person's background in law enforcement and say, is this guy for real or is he not? Or for the people that are out there that have zero background, but they're really good at watching videos and they're even better at creating videos. If there's ever a problem, just walk out on the balcony here or walk out, put that double barrel shotgun and fire two blasts. 
Unfortunately, when you're out there to learn, buyer beware. If you're watching videos on social media or on YouTube, just remember, see who that person is. Watch the video, do some due diligence, look them, look them up or look her up and find out if they're the real deal. If not, eh, you just wasted your time, but hey, move on to the, a real instructor. Now, coming up next, what kind of experience should an instructor have? Good topic to talk about. Here you go. Somebody asked, what kind of experience should an instructor have to teach what they teach? You know, should a, should a soldier teach concealed carry when that's not really his specialty? Or, you know, should a cop teach something that's outside of his specialty lane? And I think we were kind of touching on that anyway. It's like, it, and, and that's, that's the problem is, is going back to that internet question about how do you vet an instructor? When we talked about experience, that, that makes a big difference. But it's also, you know, if you're gonna be an instructor, to some point, you have to market yourself. Like you have to build an audience and you have to have a teaching base. But I think, I think we talked about it, it's, it's staying in your lane of specialty. You know, Bob and I were having a conversation the other day at breakfast and we were talking about climbing. I mean, off topic for tactics. We were talking about climbing. You know, absolutely not something that I specialize in. Not my specialty at all. Bob does it, but he relies on people that truly do it for a living. You know, we were talking about that whole culture. There's a complete culture of people that do that kind of thing. And I think teaching in the gun industry and instructing is all the same way as well. You've got people that specialize in certain things. And if people stay in their lane, I think they're good. I mean, we all know people that don't stay in their lane. So climbing CQB, not... Yeah, probably not in the future. Yeah. I'm not going to take a lead climber yeah. and you know do dynamic vehicle work yeah. with them. Climbing I is think. kind of like the new CrossFit, so there might you, be a lot of money. There, you know, actually, if we can get, get a shoe sponsor, yeah, you know, then probably people would take it serious. Reebok, I'm a size ten and a half. Right. Just, just take it right now. Saying, yeah, no, it's saying. it's one of those things where I think you know the the quality of your exposure and the depth of your experiences. So. You know, look at like a like a PhD student that writes their dissertation on a very specific thing in a field of study, like uh, you know, counterterrorism. You know, surgical strikes overseas. Uh, and now, could someone who writes a PhD or a dissertation about that speak about you know U.S. relations with Russia? Maybe not immediately, but they have the information base to understand how to research that stuff and build you know claims that can be supported with evidence. I think it's the same thing with training where. You know, hey, if you're a 20 years spec ops guy, you probably understand firearms a lot. Now, you might have a specific specialty. Um, now, how much that specialty overlaps with material is where you kind of start to develop those left and right limits. You know, like if you're a if you're a free fall guy, and all of a sudden, you know, you get hit up by a department that's like, hey, can you teach us a scuba class? You're like, uh. Right. Yeah, like right. no, you probably yeah. shouldn't be doing that. that. Yeah. But that's uh, the thing. Somebody's in yeah. That. So, <laughs> well, that's the, that is the problem with. I guess when you're looking at uh, experience-wise or staying in your lane, going with someone who's, because you probably saw it, or both of you guys, training pre-9-11 oh, yeah. to post-9-11, because we didn't know what would work, right? Yep. So I was one of them, and as a Ranger SF guy, I mean, we trained on some fucking weird ass shit yeah because that's what we thought you know like yeah. when it came down to yeah. it we'd this be doing this this and this yeah. yeah i mean you right then the, and then after then that the when you're when you're actually getting shot at you're like yeah no that shit yeah this mattered at least at least this the times that i've been that in gunfights yeah. right it was right. so it's like well, all right i'll throw that out the door or yeah. you know that's not gonna work well that's i don't know if you guys bring that to the table when you're training as well but that's 
Well, I, mean, I, I took all of my experiences, found out what actually did work, and, you know, and I was guilty too. Yeah. I trained on mm-hmm. some weird ass shit. Threw all that stuff out the window. Well, I mean, it, you know, I mean, some of some of the stuff probably pertains because you never know any situation; it's always going to be different. For sure. So, yeah. I mean, you should you should know how to do everything, but I mean, the majority of the stuff, I mean, just for me, it came down to shooting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's tools. So, but yeah, I mean, all, it was. We all you, use that term. You know, it's tools going back, going back to like yeah. the instructors on the internet. You, I, you know, I don't blame those guys because they don't know and they're they're trying to come up with things that are all right. What's going to make me faster? What's how is it going to yeah. be? Yeah, it's like they have a very narrow frame of reference to where it, it is that danger of like you don't know how close you are to like you know running the razor's edge with like it's all about to fall apart, you know, kind of a thing. Or if you uh, put together too many complex techniques and one thing falls apart <laughs> yeah, and it's like exactly. now the you're just completely screwed. The whole machine yeah, goes yeah. Apart. yeah. and you know, yeah, you never learn how to play pickup basketball, which is what it you know oftentimes turns into. But yeah, I think that just because, you know, guns are very universal with a lot of tactical training. So a guy might think like, oh, I've never done like a lot of CQB, but I did it once. And yeah, I, I could totally. really good shooter. Yeah, so I could totally do it. So yeah, probably, yeah. Probably you know, yeah. I've never actually no, served a warrant or gone on a raid, but I, I could probably do it. And it's, uh, to be fair, I think a lot of those guys don't know how far they're bargaining outside their capabilities because you know, they want to do business, they want to, you know, further their brand or whatever. And yeah, if you're ignorant, you don't know kind of a thing. Uh, but now there's the internet to tell you that you are wrong. <laughs> always to tell you that you're wrong. But to make you always feel like you're right. Yeah. <laughs> which which on, internet are you going on? on? Yeah, depending <laughs> on who's giving you feedback. Very recently, I had the opportunity to talk to one of our instructors about this very same topic. Uh, we were sitting at the fire having a bourbon and a cigar. We had just finished uh, filming and we were just unwinding and, and just going over the topics of the day. And the subject of instructors and their experience got brought up again. The instructor I was sitting with actually had a, a, an interesting perspective on this. He said, as long as these professional students that now become instructors as long as they're teaching stuff that they're staying in their lane, meaning if they've never been in a gunfight, they're not teaching you about being in a gunfight. Uh, if they've never been in a domestic, they're not trying to teach you about that. Uh, if they've never fast roped into gunfire or into battle, uh, they're not trying to teach you that. But instead, if these instructors are out there teaching you the fundamentals and getting you spooled up to handle the firearm properly, then they actually serve a very good purpose. And, and I, I tend to agree with him on that. Uh, there's not enough quality instructors out there teaching the fundamentals and teaching the basics. Oftentimes the top instructors are too busy teaching with, with merit, uh, teaching the more advanced techniques, the more advanced subject matter. So uh, you do need someone teaching the basics, but again, it's a matter of staying in your lane at least for the instructors out there that are trying to be instructors. Next subject, mindset. Something that we seem to cover a lot in our instructional videos and something that is very, very important. Without mindset, you're nowhere. Here we are. In your experience, how important is mindset? 
Yeah. Well, that's a very relative. <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. What do we mean by yeah. that? Right. For it's, what situation? Yeah. In your, well, I, I, and I'm assuming they mean from a tactical perspective, you know, in a, in a relative importance of gear, training, experience, persistence, attitude. Where does mindset fall into it? I say it's all encompassing. Yeah. I mean, I, I say that every every aspect of what you do starts with a, with a proper mindset, and I think I think good instructors train to that point. I think they I think they make you try to understand well, yeah, the I purpose agree. behind or why, yeah. so but that you you have it right. Everyone's mindset's gonna have to be different. Agreed. And you're not you might think you have the right mindset going into a gunfight if you've never been in one, and it could be totally off when you know I mean you know what I'm oh, saying because no. no one knows how they're gonna react. Until the bullets until the fly by their face. So, I mean, you could have the best mindset in the world, or you could be prepared, right. think you are. You could be the baddest motherfucker on paper and in your head, but when it comes down to getting shot at, you might be like, holy fuck, I don't like this. Right. So, wait, mindset wait, is... Does anybody like it? Mindset is huge. <laughs> I get really pissed off when people shoot at me. <laughs> yeah, mindset is huge, but right. is it going to work for well, everyone? So, does it, ben- does it benefit you in training, though? So yeah, having well, proper I, mindset. I so I'll, I'll take it. They didn't. They didn't emphasize yes. it, but I'll take I it to a different, it can a different help place in right. a stressful situation. Right. I, I use it a lot to help guys look past, you know, getting sucked in on a certain task. So like, like with pistol work, everyone wants to be the quickest out of the holster, quickest hand speed for reloads. It's like, yeah, that stuff's you need to understand it. But like, let's look past it to you know a mindset kind of aperture as opposed to just narrowing in on these specific tasks. Like, well, how does that task apply to whatever your mission set is? Okay, now let's work backwards from there to actually prepare your mind for success, rather than chasing these different you know metrics that might have nothing really to do with how you'll react in that real situation. Well, I think if you're talking training wise, like yeah. getting the proper mindset. I think you guys have had to have seen this, like the, or or felt it. Cause I know I, I every once in a while catch myself doing it. Is looking at the paper targets as yep. paper targets. Yep. That's a good mindset for training. You know, it doesn't totally relate to getting shot at, but it'll help you when the time comes. So having the right mindset of looking at a paper target and thinking that is a really a threat. Right. I think it's huge. It like is. Um, and I'm guilty of it myself. Sometimes I'll be, you know be shooting at the fucker and. I know it's not shooting back at me, so I'm like, oh, you know, right. like the rangeitis shit. Wait, you get caught up in the drill. Yeah. It's like now I'm training the drill but instead of that, instead of training mm. the situation that the drill addresses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely, right. absolutely. So I think that plays into the mindset if you're bringing it to the range and getting ready for a stressful situation. It's like focus too. Like if you're gonna, you know, be the primary jump master for a jump, you know, your mindset helps you go through a sequence of events mentally right. to prepare you for what you're doing, which is, you know, kicking dudes out of a bird. Right, am I the primary, am I the yeah. AJ, am I the safety, what are my duties and responsibilities, you have to look at where am I moving in the Everything, yeah. as opposed to like, you can't just focus in on one thing, which, you know, like on the range, like you said, like, we'll get caught up on focusing in on one thing when in, in reality it should be everything as a whole and then what it actually applies to. Yes, which that's mindset. Again, the videos we film, more often than not, there's a chapter on mindset or the instructor is going to talk about something related to mindset. And it, it's one of the key fundamentals. It's one of the key things you need to have. So if you're watching our videos, go to the chapters on mindset. In fact, we have a section on skill set 
that's devoted to mindset. And there's uh, two full videos of uh, tons of chapters from different instructors that cover mindset. You need to check that out at makeready.tv. Now the next topic, rangeitis or stress shooting. You know what that is. You get to the range, you're relaxed, you're shooting, putting rounds down to the target, you're just chilling out, beautiful day, or it may be raining, but you're totally relaxed. Your heart, your heart rate's not going crazy. You're, uh, you're not pumped up. You're in the flat range. Let's hear what the guys have to say about it. Somebody asked, does stress shooting really work or is it all show? <laughs> no. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'll probably piss people off on that one. Well, but I mean. And you guys what, too. Le- no, legitimate question. You know, it's, but it's, it's like you said, you get into that rangeitis. You get into that range mentality. There's no stress on the range. Now you can add stress by adding time requirements, accuracy requirements, all of those things that, that make the range more stressful, but that's not real stress. It's a type well, of, right. it's a type Physical of stress. Versus mental. Right. Exactly. Physical versus mental. And, and, in, and in all honesty, you really need but to I mimic mean, like, both. So, well, you guys, how do you guys feel on the stress, trying to create stress by running around throwing weights all over the place and getting the heart rate up, do you think that induces the, the correct stress for... Uh, Less is more. For a real situation. Less is more, I think, with the physical stuff. So, like, you know, I think that there is a misunderstanding that a lot of shooters have that is, if I get my heart rate, if I do, you know, 100 burpees and then I go shoot a gun, that was awesome stress-induced training. It's like, right. well, did you want to... Yeah, I totally disagree. Yeah. Well, it's like, are you trying to... Yeah, I don't agree with that either. Are you trying to smoke yourself? Yeah. If I'm driving a vehicle and I start getting shot at, I don't have any physical stress. I've got a ton of mental stress. So, So people that do that, if you're doing it physical stress, then I agree like that. You know, you know what the... Well, I don't agree because I haven't seen it on target myself. You didn't do burpees the first no. time. Well, we did. RPG. Hell yeah, we did. I did. I did all that shit. I did all that stuff. You, Le- you, you know, pre nine eleven. You fast rope in. You do your burpees. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> so you I don't know. But, but, it, but if that's in. what if that's yeah. what if that's what instructors are doing it for, right? Like physical stress, then I would. You I have would, to create a stress. I wouldn't say bullshit yeah. on it. You have to understand but how you creating creating mental stress by doing burpees and yeah. throwing weights. Or like, it ain't it ain't the same. Dudes that like duct tape their hands together. Like you never know when your hands can be shot off, bro. Like uh, you're kind of we're looking at this the wrong yeah. way. Yeah. Like uh, let's, yeah. let's let's backpedal here. Let's not train uh, for getting shot yeah. our hands off. Yeah. Well, it's okay. So, guys focus too much on the physical aspect, and it's like you need to understand what it's like to shoot with an elevated heart rate. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the mental stress is more important because the speed of a tactical engagement is very different than well, and it has ebbs and flows. Yeah. So it's. I, I think that you know we get so caught up in again, like you know, the harder is better kind of a thing. It's like, man, we ran a two miler with our gas masks on, then we qualified like. Okay, but like, what was the learning objective? Yeah. They're like, what did you? Well, but see, I, I, I did shit like that too. But it was <laughs> yeah, all yeah. pre 9 yeah. 11 stuff that we thought, right. all that hard ass shit, like you're saying, harder, harder, not smarter. Yeah, or, hard, yeah. hard rangers, not smart uh, rangers. But that's what we thought yeah. was gonna fucking get us through battle. And then when it came down to it, you know, all that shit. So yeah, now if you see people doing it, I'd be like, you guys are some. You know, you're doing yeah. the wrong, you're, you're doing the wrong the thing. Well, it's like the first time you get exposed to it, you kind of like, all right, check the box, you know, 
you're like, all right, this is what it's like. You know, my hand movements might slow down. But if you're relying on that specifically, like it might be improperly patterning you for the mental component, which you can accomplish through like, you know, blind shoots or force on force. Um, you know, truly, I hate to say like problem solving because that's such a misnomer a lot of times. With which is yeah, a but, huge aspect but of shooting, but it has absolutely. nothing to do with shooting. Yeah. Tactical problems <laughs> are know, huge yeah. mindset problems. Yeah, yeah. They're huge, you know, mental problems as you're working through. It's a tactical chess game. Yeah. Um, and so you're, you're working through it, you know, and it's that next move. I think that if you're a, you know, if you're a decent shooter, physical stress shouldn't really be that big of a hindrance because you understand how to control it. You understand how to control it. If your you're breathing. also in decent yeah. physical condition. Yeah, if you're also. Right. <laughs> and assuming you need to shoot. But I think if you're a badass shooter, right. it's gonna it's gonna be less mental stress as well because you know you're gonna win. Well, competitive shooters. Yeah. So here's well, a question: Does competitive but shooting then that, that goes into can you get shot at? Right. Yeah. So does competitive shooting mimic? some of those mental and physical stressors that you would train for in a combat scenario. You're shooting under time, you're shooting for accuracy, you're competing, and some of those shooting events require physical movement. I have some pretty fat guys that are amazing competitive shooters. <laughs> I get yep. smoked by some dudes in USPSA one, that are ginormous. I know some one-legged one dudes yeah. that can smoke me in competition on any yeah. on any day. I think it's great. So too, no. But you could be the it's you could tool. be the number one in the world, and when it came down to getting shot at, you might you might out. seize up. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's good that you know the tactical community has gotten away from the narrative of you know competition will get you killed. Like, okay, we've gotten away from that to see that there are benefits. Sure. But I've also seen with the popularity of competitive shooting, some tactical shooters actually start to like veer towards the bad sides of it. Uh, you know, examples would be like a, a holster configuration, you know, just like level one retention. It's like, hey, you know, there's not all holsters are made the same kind of a thing. If that thing flops out on the ground when it needs to be up against your hip because you're like running over walls or, or you catch it on every doorway yeah or you get into a situation where you go hands-on with somebody and you've got this thing protrusion yeah. it's i think good for a measure of mechanics but if you're improperly well if you're gonna do it i think they're great because i think yeah. where you're going with it with kit wise totally agree with you like you got to do the the uh stock class you know use what you, there you, you go. use what you be using the i think practical, i think practical the, tactical or whatever the well i think you can do i think it's called stock the yeah, stock I class i think there's some benefits there. as long as you're using the stuff that you'd be using right you know how how you if you're yeah. if you're a day-to-day -day carry guy well when you're doing those carry or those competitions you should be doing you it should be doing it from from how you carry how you carry Our streaming video subscribers of MakeReady.tv will now get exclusive access to the video versions of our podcasts. In addition, subscribers will have access to our episodes before they air on iTunes or any other free platform. Be sure to visit MakeReady.tv and subscribe today to stream our exclusive content to any device, anywhere, anytime. like to give a shout out to our sponsor Walther Arms. Now I gotta admit I'm a 1911 guy. Always have been. Probably always will be. But when I tried out their PPQ pistol, dude that's a nice gun. Then the Q5 pistol, the steel frame, oh now you're talking. And that trigger? Oh man. Then add insult to injury after I started getting used to the Q5 they come out with the Q4 steel frame. 
had a chance to try that one out when I was in Germany at their factory before it was released and holy shit, I really liked it. And now I can't put it down. So special thanks to Walther. Thank you for making life a little difficult for me and my wallet, but thank you for being a supporter. And for those of you out there that want to save 20% off their apparel, use code MAKEREADY at their website at shop.waltherarms.com. insight there and it makes you think if you're going to be at the range and I've seen guys do this at our range facility they'll have their gun holstered and they'll get their heart rate going they'll they'll do some running to and from the target first uh, obviously there's no one else shooting uh, they'll run to and from the target or they'll run around the bay get the heart rate up and then they'll get the timer out and they'll engage the targets and you'll see that you just don't do as well as if you were just standing there engaging targets without that additional stress. So next topic now, and this actually goes back to um, instructors teaching based on their experience. What have you learned from gunfighting? So this goes back to what have you learned from actually being involved in it? And what are the takeaways? This is important. Here we go. So next, next uh, let's see, next question. This one is a direct question too from somebody on Instagram. What was the most <laughs> profound thing you learned about gunfighting, whether in real world or in training? Well, actually good. Was, so half of that good, question already actually, disqualifies itself. Yeah, what was- you learn about it in the real world, not thanks. in training. So you or me? That's you. Awesome, thanks. That's your local trial. Um, wait a minute, say it again. I'm gonna wait on was, you guys. So, so what is the most profound thing you've learned about gunfighting, whether in real world or in training? Most profound thing. Hmm. Uh, to, to me, absolutely from, I guess, going back to one of the prior questions, pre-9-11, post-9-11, I mean, okay. from what I've learned, it is absolutely the basics. Agreed that freaking come into play or you know what's the most profound thing I learned from actually doing it com compared to training was that it, it's everything came down to the basic fundamentals mm -hmm. I think probably one of the most profound experiences I had was a, a gunfight we had we um we had a Ford element they got ambushed um they actually initiated uh with a claymore and then and then had a horrible firefight they had to displace from but the rest of the camp got attacked as well and we were a really small element and tents got shut up tires got shut up just hundreds and hundreds of rounds of pk ammo got poured into our camp from higher positions before we were able to displace those machine gun positions but nobody got hit all this equipment had bullet holes all through it five humvee tires down all this stuff and and it, it made me realize that i don't care how fast you can shoot and I don't care if you have a fantastic position of opportunity or a, def or a definitive place where you can pour gunfire down on somebody. If you don't do accuracy, back to fundamentals, what does it matter? If you don't hit what you're shooting at, I don't care how many times you can shoot or how fast you can shoot. And we t I took that lesson. <laughs> you might get lucky, but you, you, might, get, you might get lucky, but 
your enemy might get lucky as well. In that situation, all of us in the camp, the good guys, well, in my perspective, the good guys, <laughs> probably not in their perspective. Freedom is free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we were, all, we were all lucky. But we were lucky because they lacked the proper skill set to put rounds on target. They're shooting like this. Right. That's not right. how you do it? Yeah. No. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes. So yeah. I, 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 the most important thing I took about that is it's, it's accuracy. It all boils down to accuracy. Mm -hmm. Can you put a round on target? Because if you can't, and that's all basics and mechanics. It doesn't, that has nothing to do with being cool. That has nothing to do with how much gear you have. That is basic fundamentals of shooting. Sight picture, trigger squeeze, sight alignment. And like you said, it's, it's all the basics and guys don't want to accept that because, you know, it's, it's a very simple approach. You know, it's all this other stuff that we add in there to jazz up training or to spice it up. You know, there might be a time and place. Yeah, what do you do when you actually stop behind cover mm -hmm. or stop to engage? What, what does it come down to? Yeah. Shooting fundamentals, exactly. you know I mean? So I mean, leading up to the shot, that's, I mean, you have to be in shape, yes. You have to be an athlete to get over things and around things. When it comes down to shooting, you're usually not doing all those activities when it comes down to the shot. So you still, you know, from the start, you need to learn how to shoot first and then do all the other stuff after that. And maybe that's the lesson is that it's a building block. You can't do, and we used to teach this all the time, a complex task is nothing more than a combination of very simple tasks. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have that base, the simple task base, you can't stack those blocks on top of each other and get to that culmination point where you, where you have that, com that complex task. And I think people miss, they miss those basic steps and they miss those basic blocks trying to get to, because well, they want it, they want it's it not the cool as cool stuff. stuff. Right, they exactly. want to immediately go into exactly. all the running and gunning stuff. Right, yeah. right, and that's all great, Which, but none of us started there. Whether you, whether you end up there or not is, is a different story, but if you, you'll never get there. Without those basics, I can't remember what the question was, but it goes. <laughs> I mean, like I get it. Like so, right. so some, like I get it. If yeah, you're going in instruction wise, and someone wants to take a two day course, some people just want to take it. They don't care about getting better. They're taking it because that's their vacation, right? Right. It's their, their you know, yeah. yeah. So I, I get that they want to have a cool experience. Sure. They want two days of just freaking blazing away. But guys that are actually going to courses that want to save their life, right. none of that shit matters. I mean, learn how to shoot first and then start doing the cool mm -hmm. stuff after that. I think that, you know, it, it all falls back on those simple tasks, like you said. Like, you know, you have to be able to understand what the complex task is. So uh, if you're in an engagement, like recognizing, like, okay, what, is this harassment fire? Uh, is this an ambush line kicking off? Is this something else that's trying to bait me into something else? So it's like having that patience and that clarity to, like, actually see what's happening and then make a decision versus like, oh, we're, we're shooting, I get to shoot my gun finally, you know? Like, hell yeah, man. I'm With shooting all 30 <laughs> rounds. Yeah, I'm yeah. <laughs> Guys, I'm black on finally ammo. Finally have a chance. I'm gonna lighten my load. Yeah. But I think that uh, something I found uh, profound, I guess, based off the question is uh, how everyone falls back on whatever the most common mechanic is so it's like if it's a break contact exercise hey we all recognize through proper training we're outgunned right now we need to get to a better piece of terrain where we can you know maybe assess the situation see if we're going to just get out here completely call an error or whatever or get a maneuver element going uh, but have everyone kind of yeah it's, it's not this you know 
your first tick isn't this grand action sequence. It's really more so like a, okay, it's happening. Okay, we did our thing, now it's over. And there's, you know, you, you make sense of it later, but during it, you kind of fall back on whatever those skill sets are. You know, well, the, you basics, base. the basics, the yeah. basics, which are not well, sexy. Which know. is, and the huge part about that, at least for when I train people, and that's, you want it so simple that, because not many people have no shit been in a stressful situation. Mm -hmm. And when, when it goes down, you want everything just to go into frickin' Auto mode. Auto mode. Yeah. You know, so, and that's learning the basics to a T. To when when a stressful situation comes off and your mind's not thinking about anything, it just happens. Right. Well, the more complex you bring in, you know, like the different mag changes or the freaking different stances or the different <laughs> grips. Well, if, if you're if you have to think about all that in a stressful situation, not it, happening. Then you're not thinking about it's the gonna it's gonna yeah, screw you. Right. I think that it, you know, when you look at the unit as a whole that you're with, whether it's a platoon or an ODA or a, uh, a cell or whatever, you know, being able to fall back on those basics also makes it easier for the person in the leadership position to actually do their job because that's who's going to be calling the shots a lot. So it's good for them to be able to rely on, hey, my shooter is not thinking about like, uh, what kind of reload is the best? You know, like he's just getting the job <laughs> done, you know? And then he's seeing things probably in a similar way that I am, and then I can, you know, coordinate whatever I need to with resources and personnel to make a decision to get us out of there. So it's, you know, it, it carries up the chain, you know, if you will, with regards to uh, how you actually perform out there instead of being distracted by like, you know, I, you know, I, I train to get my you know reloads down to a sub one second, but that doesn't really matter in the battlefield because you know you need to be able to maneuver and communicate kind of. That just means you're going to run out of ammo. That just means you're going <laughs> to. <laughs> this two 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 drill is really not working so great in the real world. <laughs> it's a great marksmanship drill. I love it though. Oh yeah, that that goes into one that's not. I'm sure not on the list, but how do you guess? Because I'm sure you were all taught it. Because I was too, doing like multiple targets, multiple shots. Yeah. Did you ever, ever you taught the rhythm drill? Yeah. Like boom, boom, yeah, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. Cadence of fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you ever done cadence of fire when someone's really shooting? At you? You've never gone into a room and <laughs> there's not been five guys yeah. there. And for you, you went to boom, shoot boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom. Well, I mean that. So one time we made an entry, and as like we did it, the bad guy hit got. a metronome. Yeah. So that we could yeah. have, you know, the right cadence yeah. as we shot. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was perfect. I, mean, yeah. I, I, was, I was one, like, you know, before I knew any any better. Right. That was stuff that I was taught too. And mm -hmm. then now that I teach, I'm like, and the experiences that I have, it's like, holy, who the? Yeah. Who's teaching that? <laughs> who, I just want, you so want I mean, you guys aren't memory. teaching that, yeah. right? You want to go back in your memory and say, holy and say, crap. If I could just yeah. remember the guy that told me to do when that. When multiple people are shooting at you, there is no, no. boom, boom, no. boom, boom. The rhythm is how fast can I shoot these people yeah. that are shooting at me. Consistent, accurate rounds. Right, right. And, and you know, I guess I guess when you look at, uh, those, those are training scars. We see them. We see them in ourselves. We see them in students. You look at training scars, and they're all built on, on unrealistic principles that you use for training. Mm -hmm. And if you don't alter those principles, well, you get stuck in that Trained set. by people that had never been there and, I mean, exactly and it's not their drop fault the mic drop it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. their fault yeah no, they were only not. they were teaching yeah. stuff that they thought would work well okay and here's the other thing you know how many how many instructors and i include ourselves when i look at this how many instructors have very very definitive things that they teach 
that are yours and yours only. You came up with them all on your own based on no experience or no teaching from anybody else. None of us. None of us. I invented the sit-up. What are you talking yeah, right? about? <laughs> yeah. I invented the sit-up and the push-up. Yeah. Yeah. Any course I go to, I don't care if the guy's an absolute jackass. I'll probably still walk out of there learning something. Like, oh, I never thought of that. Even and, and I can take that into, you know, something that I do teach. Yeah. I mean, shoot, I get it from students even. A student sometimes will bring something up, like, yeah. that I had never thought about. Yeah, damn it. Damn, that's but a I, good idea. Nothing is beneath me to where, like, I'll, yeah. I'll, if, someone, if it works and it makes sense, I'll be the first one to be like, that's badass. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to start teaching that. Happens to me all the time. I used to, tell, I used to tell students, I learn more standing up on the catwalk in a shoot house, yeah. watching students shoot, then I learned from being in that room shooting. I'll give you an example. We were doing a night vision drill for a SWAT team. So you pay team. attention, you mean? Yeah, well, I actually. You're not on your phone on the Well, catwalk. yeah, I pay attention because I don't want to get shot off the catwalk. Yeah. <laughs> in case somebody's high carrying. <laughs> so so we're, up on the, we're up on the catwalk, we're doing a night vision drill. The drill is you enter a room and I've got a bad guy, it's a simunition drill. I've got a bad guy who's gonna shine a very bright flashlight at you while you're under nods and it's to see how you react to it. He drops the flashlight and leaves the room. Now you've gotta, you've gotta eliminate that light source to not screw with your night vision and you gotta move to the next room and, and figure out where the bad guy's gone to in the house. I watched team after team after team, we were doing it in little two-man teams, and I watched these guys flow through the house and guys are trying to pick up the flashlight and figure out how to turn it off and some guys are sticking it in their pocket and then it's just illuminating through their pocket, but everybody's screwing with this damn flashlight. Yeah. A two-man team came through, and the guy reached down, picked the flashlight up, set it bezel down, and walked on. Having that clarity of mind to right. slow down and like <laughs> right. think yeah. for a second. And I'm like, absolutely perfect. Yeah. You don't know that flashlight. You don't know where the on-off switch is. You just know you need to eliminate the light source. Who's that? Who is that guy? Let's get him on here. Yeah. He didn't throw it into the next room so that he could illuminate <laughs> yeah. it or, or the FBI technique. Actually, or... he taped it to his AK, spun and shot. Yeah. And, yeah it's... <laughs> but again, yeah. So you know, you see those those simplistic things, and you see those. I learned as much from students as they as they ever learned from me. I'm well, sure. Well, you're an idiot if you don't. Right. Well, and it's that constant learning process. Mm -hmm. If you're not learning, you're falling behind yeah. because we're in an ever-changing world. Yeah. Regardless, regardless of what discipline you look at, I don't care. I don't care what your passion is. If you're not learning more about it, you're becoming archaic. So. I like what Kyle said. It's true. We're always learning. In fact, we should always be evolving and being in a state of learning. If you're not learning, you're not growing. Very, very valid. Next, gear and a budget. We can all relate to that. You want those five pieces of kit, you can afford one. So are you going to turn around and buy a bunch of shit and try to get it all? Or are you going to buy that one thing and put the money into it? Let's hear it. This one I actually like. Um, this one I don't think... I, it gives us a room for opinions, but it doesn't... Uh, doesn't cause arguments as much as some of the no, other No, but people ones. like that. Trump's in office, Yeah, that's man. true. That's Trump's true. That's right. It's good now. Yeah. We're all good. Um, what's the minimum gear you would buy on a budget? That's actually a really good question. Gun and So sight. people, people yeah. want to do this. I agree completely. Yeah. I, would add a, I would add backups. 
Yeah. Um, I see too many people yeah, I mean, invest in a, how far I, down the road. Right, right. Are you, you in the How much money do we have? Wait, define the budget. I don't want to go iron, like straight up. Can you give me a monetary value on this budget? Because my budget may be different. But no, that's a good question. People always consider that. People work hard. People work hard for their money. They want to get the maximum value tactically out of what they're getting, but but it's performance over the long haul. You know, if you have to replace something all the time, but you replace it with cheap shit all the time, yeah, you've still spent the same amount of money you would spend on something quality. Um, I'm a huge proponent of a quality optic on an AR. Um, on all my AR platforms, I, I have a quality optic. I use aim points. I put T1s on most of my stuff, but I've got other very myriad of stuff. Plug in there. Well, no, it's just what I use. <laughs> yeah. It's it's you, you know I yeah. use what I use. Um, I'm in no way affiliated with it, but it's it's but I but I carry backup iron sights on everything. Yeah, no, absolutely. I carry an optic that I think is 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 very reliable, very robust. It's gonna survive the things I've put it through, and it has survived the things I put it through. But it is. A, an electronic device that I'm putting on a weapon system that creates high recoil and that I'm going to put through harsh environments. Yeah. It can fail. I shoot with my iron sights up and I shoot with my optic on. I'm always ingraining that, that thing. So if, if I was going to say anything to anybody about, about what you should invest in, it would be a quality carbine yep. and a quality saying. optic with backup That's sights. That's it. Yep. Um, because it, and, and I go back to, and I understand like some of the people that watch this may think about, well, well, I don't shoot a carbine, I shoot a pistol. Okay, I mean, that's cool, but a pistol to me is a secondary. It's a backup. My primary is my rifle. Um, so I focus my energy there um, because if I've, had to, if I've had to lose the rifle, I'm going to a different world. I'm, I'm not oh, yeah. I'm not in my comfort zone as much as I was before. <laughs> I'm sure you feel yeah. I mean, I don't so, want I don't want to yeah. piss off the pistol people. Neither do I. But, I mean, pistols are crap. pistols are viable in in certain situations, yeah. and they're viable yeah. for some people who are relegated to a pistol. Right. They can't carry a rifle. I get it. Right. I mean that but, is. But we live we lived in a world and operated in a world and learned in a world where you had a primary and a secondary. And we focus so much on our primary. I still do that. I still do that because you, you are what you know. You are what you, you know, Well, experience. how many guys do you know have actually had to, like, transfer to their secondary in a fight? Like, you probably, on one hand, count all of them. Now, does that mean you dismiss it as a skill set you need to train for? Absolutely not. No, but it, it, it frames your reference for, like, okay, what's the more important thing? I only know, like, two guys have ever actually done that, you know. And it's it, more than me. Yeah, it, I know something more than Bob. You saw, you saw yeah, the internet. Saw that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he admitted it too. I only know I only know them. It wasn't me. Like I only you know. <laughs> That's true. It wasn't me. I just yeah. I just know him. It was a friend. But it's a uh, it, so it's like any hobby that you know. Uh, guys take on where it's like you don't want to commit the fallacy of buying all the equipment up front. Like you know I. Uh, when I first got into scuba diving, yeah, I was, they do though. Well, yeah. Oh, I, I've been guilty right? of it. And, like, and some people yeah. have the financial means to do so, but if you're on a budget and you got it, well, and you I'm, only I'm have all about it. it. Yeah. Buy, me if, too. If you have the budget, yeah, get buy the gear. whatever you want, but buy the best right. shit. If you don't have the money, well, then spend it on carbine and spend it on your freaking sight. Mm -hmm. 
Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> and then, if you know, once you get the money, buy the other stuff that you then, want. But then don't skimp, ammo on, don't skimp on the carbine. Yeah. Don't skimp on the, the sight so you can have the cool sling, yeah. the cool G money grip, the cool. Uh, I don't even know. I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm not a gear guy. So I don't even know what's out there. Bob, Bob Keller, multiple. We Raids and hits, does not care about gear. <laughs> Tactical shooting. Why the gun work? Yeah. Tactical okay. shooting is the, it has the most accessorized ability oh, yeah. in, of anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you but, can say, but, oh, I gotta have this, and I gotta have that. Too many people gotta, want all of it, so right. they skimp on the important stuff but so you they can buy all well, of it. Some of these upgrades are like, you know, like upgrading a Honda Civic, basically, where it's like, how how sexy can you make this thing, you know? Or I, I see that with a lot of like uh, polymer guns or even just you like just carbines. Yeah, it's just like how, like, how much can you guys do to this before like, you know, you know the increases are marginal. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, how much money are you gonna sink into this until it's, it's just diminishing that, returns? Maybe that's that. a decision point. Is it, you know, make your investments based on performance? Mm -hmm. Are you in, are you increasing the performance ability of you or that or that weapon system? If it is, if I'm it is, it. then but, maybe it's a viable. Maybe it's a but viable. But I, I think just for that question, yeah. If it comes down to like bare minimum, what should I buy? Right. Yeah. Any gun from Gamut Resolution. Any, <laughs> <laughs> any gun that works is, and is reliable. Yeah. And any sight that works yeah, and that is reliable. Do yeah. Homework. Do your homework. Yeah. There's. There's it's lots same thing of with pistol. out there, for I mean, sure. You know, it goes down to the... It really does. It really it does. It doesn't have to be carving. On pistols, I would say um, major caliber. Um, and by major caliber, like police departments I work with, they say, you know, you have you can carry any pistol, but it has to be a major caliber. Um, nine and up. Um, Not BB I, gun? I think it's... Yeah, who's carrying 22s? <laughs> you know, well, for... For tactical work, I don't think so. But per, for personal carry or protective carry, a lot of people might carry something smaller, based on how do how do you carry? What's your situation? If I'm in shorts and no shirt all the time, can I really carry a full size pistol? Probably not. And there you have it on gear. I gotta admit that is something we see all the time in classes and on the range. Guys showing up with stuff, stuff that they really can't afford. They saved up, they finally got that one piece of gear or that one optic or whatever it is, and uh, that, more power to them, that's great. Then you have the guys that will show up with a bunch of different pieces of gear, very inexpensive stuff. It could be a really cheap optic, cheap mounts, um, and then all of a sudden you realize you just set yourself back for a bunch of money and the shit don't work. Reminds me of the guy that was at our range shooting a 50 cal, and he just could not get on paper. Could not get on paper. Couldn't figure out why. Maybe it was the $50 scope and the $10 rings. Just saying. Anyway, next topic. What has changed or evolved in training? It's a good question. What was taught years ago, is that still valid today? Let's hear it. Is there a popular technique or tactic you still see taught that you believe to be ineffective in a real force-on-force -force engagement. Well, yes. It's funny, we actually... We, are, we already we hit talk, on it. So, we've yeah. Talk, we've talked about So, mine things. would be absolutely the one where they teach multiple shot, multiple targets. Right. The rhythm drill. And rhythm. And rhythm. Doesn't happen. You're absolutely not going to shoot in a cadence. Doesn't happen in real life. I understand cadence drills. It's, it's so that you start at a pattern and you start to close your pattern down and you speed up your shooting. Yeah. That's fine. 
it's a method to speed up. But so, if you use it as a train, it, yeah. if you're training well, tool, it, sure. If you train on that way, right, and that becomes your, your train response or your muscle memory, right. well, guess what takes over in stressful situations? Back muscle to the memory. basics, back to your muscle well, memory. Well, muscle memory you know. takes over. Yeah. So if you're used to doing boom, 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 fast, well, that's what you're going to do. Well, what happens if boom, boom didn't work on that one guy? Right. And you need to go boom, 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 well, boom, boom. the second guy moves. Yeah. yeah. So it Wait, doesn't, doesn't so that, People so moving a gunfight. For me, fight. that's the biggest one right. that, that I can come up with. I don't know about you guys. No, I mean, I agree with I mean, that I could, I could come up with other ones, I'm sure. I, I think the guys that are teaching to only load your pistol to one round so that you immediately have to do a reload as quick as you can, that's like never going to work in a gunfight. No, fight. dummy rounds. Yeah, that, no. Introduce <laughs> dummy rounds. No, it's, uh, it's uh, getting sucked into stuff that, like we said, doesn't... Uh, and on the broad scope of things, doesn't have as much of an impact. So, like with a lot of the stuff I do around the vehicles, like I have to remind students, like, hey, you know, the first time you shoot at someone, they're going to move. So the purpose of the way we're doing this exercise is so that maybe you learn a movement mechanic to get from this piece of terrain to the next piece of terrain. Understanding that, you know, if you know where all the targets are, like that's screwing you you know it's, wouldn't that be awesome in a perfect yeah. world if we knew where yeah. all our threats are going to come from that's like the biggest thing is like hey unless you know exactly like unless it's a real close encounter it's like it's kind of hard to tell where it's coming from immediately right. and you have to figure it out you know i mean there are things you have to stage on a you range can't around, you, you can't get around it but there it goes back to what we were talking about the mindset as long as you can put yourself in that situation these these are threats like these paper targets mm -hmm. Or holy shit! They're for one moving, and two they're shooting back at you. You can you can use those training scenarios on the range to your advantage. But yeah, exactly. They're never gonna be standing set still, up. Yeah, right? I mean, so you have to do that for training on a range. But if you have the right mindset, you can make it work for you. So bad guys don't always have blue triangles, red circles, and yellow oh, diamonds on them. Man, you want to get and in the You can shoot them in order. I'll piss some people off yeah. on that whole other thing. But you know, you have to have those tools to, to work with. I, I think one of my biggest, uh, one of my biggest things I see in training is on repetitions of up drills, it's shoot what's called and then go back to ready. Yeah. The fight Shoot what's called, go back it and ready. Starts, it ends. Exactly, it starts, it and ends. it never yeah. starts and ends like that. And I do a lot of stuff on, on post-shot protocol, evaluating what your rounds right. actually Absolutely. did. And, and, and there's a lot of people that don't teach that. They, they sit and do up drills, up drills, up drills, up drills, up drills. Bring it up, yeah. boom, 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 and then down, automatically down, comes down. down. Right. Or with the holster, they go come out of the holster, they take their two shots or five shots, and then right, right, right when that last yeah. shot cracks off, Maybe right. And I, I'm guilty of it. And that's a training score. Oh, yeah, I'll make myself do push-ups. And that one will get you hurt. If I'm, if I'm shooting by myself and I do it. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, it, it, it happens. Yeah. When you start shooting faster, usually your yeah. reaction is because everything yeah. else going to the target's yeah. fast. Well, guess what else is fast? You going back that's to the holster. Right. right. If, if that's We're going to get back ready for the next one. Well, no, you need to stay yeah. ready because you're in a fight. you got to reacquire It's a gun target. fight. Yeah. Something I, I see specifically is... Uh, guys, when they shoot underneath vehicles, um, they don't understand, like, you know, hey, there's certain cir circumstances that determine whether or not you do that. So, you know, if it's out of just complete disparity, like, hey, the threat's closing in on you, you ain't got no other options because if you peek up your head over the top of the engine block or the trunk or whatever, you can get smoked. Yeah, you gotta shoot underneath. Or you uh, can't move somewhere. Yeah, if you're fixed to a location from superior firepower. 
Uh, but guys don't understand that and they'll think like, I've got a tactical advantage. And it's like, well, no, actually if you roll over onto your side, your situational awareness goes away. Your fields of fire narrow down a yeah, lot. You, your world went to here. So if someone sees you go to get in that position, they're like, oh, I'm just gonna move off to the flank and then they won't, you know, your shot's gone and now you're being maneuvered on. So that's right. something I see guys do a lot because it looks purposeful and cool where as soon as I grab my next vehicle's terrain, I'm gonna roll over onto my star and start shooting. It's like, Cause I learned to do it. Yeah, it's, it's like, well, it's you- This new toy I got. Like, yeah, you need to understand like what's actually happening in the environment with the enemy and- That's the yeah. most important thing in And that's situational situation. awareness. Yeah. I mean, the biggest, the biggest weapon we have is our brain. You know, you remove your brain from the fight. I, I don't care what your skill set is. You gotta be thinking through the problem set. And it's like we talked about, it's a mental chess game. Yeah. You know, it's a tactical chess game. You're playing it. 100%. Yeah. Sometimes it can really be hard to determine what is a technique that you're taught or a drill that you're taught that really is of no merit anymore or maybe should be modified or replaced um, to what is now the latest greatest. I mean, sometimes I mean, we always like to say, at least here at Pantio, we say this often, you only have two arms and two legs. There's only so many ways you can change something up. Unless we sprout a third arm or a third leg or some other appendage where techniques are gonna to have to evolve and change. Are we evolving for the sake of evolving just so that we can call it something cool or brand it ourselves like some instructors out there do? They'll throw a cool name at something and call it their own where it's been done for years already, just under a different acronym or different name. Yes, there are times where a technique needs to evolve, needs to change based on the circumstances of the environment, based on um, the, the engagement that you're gonna be having with the enemy. But it's just interesting. Are we changing stuff for the better or just to have something new? Because we don't wanna have that old anymore something to think about. Which now brings us to the next question. Instructors that seem to stick around and those that fade away. Here it is. All right, last one. Oh. Last one. All right, this is actually a, uh, another direct, uh, direct question from a viewer. So, uh, interesting one. It's kind of a good one to end on. Why do some instructors fade away while a few stay out there and relevant for years? Well, you know my answer. Actually, my answer is in that question, but, but so, okay, so we, we do work in a world that has a lot of folks, whether they're valid, whether they're charlatans on the complete other end of the spectrum, or whether they're somewhere in the middle and they're, and they're staying in their lane. Why do some of them have a persistent influence on the community that we operate in, and why do some of them just flash in the pan? Say it, Bob. Go ahead and say it. I, <laughs> well, yeah, for, for me, what's never gonna go away, which, which, all of our, which my business it. and everything I teach goes back to Agreed. basics and fundamentals. Agreed. It'll never, it'll, that'll never change. Right. Like, I mean, but for you, like you're big on the vehicle stuff, that'll never change. There's always gonna be vehicles. You know, like, where is that ever gonna stop? Self-driving like, cars. It's never gonna stop, well. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. 
You're going to teach, yeah, like, so teach robots. Relevant, yeah. relevant. Get out of computer operated cars <laughs> and get into gunfights. But relevant stuff. Agreed. Yeah, and and, never, and I think that's the key, and that's why away. I said I think the answer is in the question. It says, while a few stay out there relevant for years, it's relevancy. Um, it's, and basics keep you relevant. And I think that's a, I think that's a subject that's missed is it's, it, everybody wants to do sexy, 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 sexy. But the well, those, basics, well, and, right. and sexy, some of the sexy stuff it. that leads up to the basics right. is not gonna work in every situation. Right. But being able to shoot the basic fundamentals of the carbine or the pistol will never change. And I think the industry's Depending seen no matter what situation you're in. Until the carbine is replaced by well, then, a superior. Well, then, yeah, yeah. where we're doing right. this, yeah. on, you know, on the. Yeah, and then we're all going to look for something different to do for, yeah. for but a But yeah, living. I think that is absolutely. I think so as well. I think I think that guys that are teaching the latest and greatest stuff that that don't don't build it they, on the basics, well, they, and they don't yeah. transfer to every situation. Well, then it's it's right. only going to work for. And, and I think that's your flash in the pan stuff. I think that's those people that rise to glory for a short amount of time, but can't carry it over the long haul because their base, their foundation, the substance of what they do is not there. It's not. It's not relevant, like I said, over the long haul. It only, teaching, it's only that neat. If you were new teaching thing. only jungle training stuff in Vietnam era when it came to Iraq, Afghanistan stuff, well, right. that wouldn't transfer over. Right. You know? You'd have been the so hottest then, thing in the world during right. the Vietnam War. Right, exactly. But you would have been completely irrelevant. So I think that's what keeps you... When the conflict shifted. Yeah, I think... Or just being able to adapt to any situation, like, you know, if the, depending on where the... Well, and we're talking... We should be talking civilian side. So, sure. And that's why, to me, it always goes back to just the shooting, because... They're not going to be clearing a room right. under not, quad tube exactly. nods. And it doesn't yeah. matter what exactly. AO they're in, yeah. you know, like this. Right. You're not going to yeah. be wearing that body armor right. in your house. <laughs> are, we operating, so. yeah. are we operating in the Southcom or the Centcom yeah. area at this time? Yeah, obviously that's not what, what a civilian shooter is looking at. But what a civilian shooter is looking at, regardless of how they're going to apply these techniques and these tactics that we teach them, what they're, what they're really going down to is if they have those basics, they can do it in their house. They can do it in their car. Yeah. They can do it in right. a mall. Yeah, they can defend yeah. their home, their people, their self. Because the guys that are come up with these wazoo methods, when they're proven wrong, well, then they go away. The guys that right. are teaching the shit that just works all well, the time. Well, like, that's what I said. They're going to stay. They rise to the, you know, they rise to notoriety, or I, I guess it's notoriety. Yeah. <laughs> When you get on the social media forums, but it's Kardashian, but they fall for grace. Yeah, they, <laughs> they fall from grace because because their tactics, their techniques, their their procedures don't follow. And I, and I keep going back to TTPs because that's our that's kind of our base. But I, I go back to them because that's the practical application. That's what you look at is how do we practically apply that in a certain situation or in a broad set of situations. And and I think I think. I think the answer to the question is the people that last over the long haul are the people that build on the basics. Um, and then figure out a way to make that application work across the broader spectrum. Yeah, and that's a long-term strategy too that I think a lot of the newer guys getting into the training industry just don't understand is because of social media, like it resets every day or reset isn't the best way to describe it, but it progresses every day. There's a 24 hours news cycle. Who looks the coolest? Yeah. And who's and the fastest? So what, like, what's the most frustrating thing to see? And it's, it's 
it sucks to see it sometimes is like a guy from our community will realize the power of social media and the trends that make you popular but don't esteem you and he'll chase that short-term strategy like a guy would be like bro i just got sponsored by a holster company like dude you're a fucking E8, Green Beret, Ranger, MFF, JM. Like, don't sell yourself short because, like, I got, like, you know, a thousand extra followers on Instagram because I did this thing. Like, right. you know, you got to hustle, but, like, look at the long-term picture, dude, right. because if you're doing something that someone else with no background can replicate, like, if you build your entire platform off of, like, you know, oh, I do my cool draw videos or whatever, and, all right, in six months, someone else is going to do that, right. right? And it's, I think that's why they fade away is because, you know, they get attracted to just the attention, you know, that they're getting. And it, it gives you this validation, but it's like, yeah, but who's validating you? You know, are agencies right. coming to you and saying, hey, let's do a course? Or is it like, you know, some guy who, you know, maybe has no clue what he's talking about. Yeah, who, who are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> just, or is Bob Keller coming up to you saying, hey, yeah. you know, it, it's, uh, it, I, I think that's what in any, any industry defines, you know, who stays there the longest. Uh, now, obviously that's changed with social media because I think we've seen that you can recover from uh, scandal. You can yeah. yeah. Any You can recover from anything. The phoenix that yeah, rises yeah. from the ashes, yeah. Um, but you know, people people pay attention, and they have they have memories, you know. So well, I think ultimately, for the viewers or anyone who's listening to this, it comes down: what are they teaching? Is it actually going to save your life? Yeah. Like I mean, that's that's how you gotta look at it. Or I mean, if you're if you're there for the weekend just to have fun, I mean, then it it doesn't matter. And if you but if you're going, if you're like, that's okay, yeah. yeah. Which I said, there. totally okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't do that. I don't do any classes like that. But ultimately, if you're going to a class to learn how to save your life, well, that's how you should be looking at how is this instructor teaching? Right. Like, what is he in teaching? What is he teaching? Does it make sense? Does it work? And is it going to save my life? I would say that's that's what the relevant shit is. And I think I think collectively as a group, we all share that common thought because Absolutely. well, we've been taught all our careers. That you think tactically, but your outlook is strategic. It's global. So you got to win this fight, but you also got to figure out how does that translate for the rest of the world, for the rest of the time. Yeah. It's that long-term goal thinking that you were talking about. And we've all been taught that because that's kind of how we're taught to think, you know, strategic versus tactical. You got to have the tactical because you got to win the fight, but you also got to win the battle of war and inevitably the future. And I think... I think that's really the answer to the question is that defines whether or not an instructor stays relevant and stays and stays popular. Yeah, is he doing something you could do through enough repetitions or is he, you know, through enough situations yeah. and 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 everything else, you know, does this does this apply all the way across the board? And I think that's what makes I think that we're that's what makes <laughs> But that being said too, I mean about relevancy, I mean, there there are people that just want to have that weekend and fun, you know. So that's and you know what? And <laughs> those, and those guys can be relevant too, because if, if they keep doing the so wazoo real. shit that yeah. makes people happy, because all they're doing is getting their freaking gun off, 
I mean, whatever. And if they self-identify that that's what they're looking for <laughs> out of the set, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, you know, they say, "Hey, I'm just here for the shooting." Well, it, it, yeah, it's you know? yeah, I, it's space camp. You know, I had a guy explain this to me. It's like, good, you know, it's yeah, like, that's but like example. some of the use that one. some of the coolest shooters I know are guys that recognize they're going to space camp. Like, I have a guy that signs up for Absolutely. my classes. He shows up to the class wearing normal clothes, like jeans and a t-shirt. He'll change into all his cool guy gear. After the class, he'll change out of it. Yeah. He's just like, hey, for me, I'm gonna use maybe a part of this if I find myself in the situation, but like, I just like it. It's a yeah. hobby, right. it's a which hobby. is a very small percentage of people that are like, no, bro, like, I'm, I'm just looking for a reason. Like, <laughs> yeah. are, really? Like, because that's kind of dangerous. Yeah, yeah like, I, I don't want to be anywhere yeah. near it's you, all, you know? It's all, it's all about yeah, I got to prove it's myself. Not about looking for it. ISIS hunter. Like, bro, you're 30. You could have joined the army and, like, wait, yeah, fought yeah, again. Yeah, wait, yeah, hold on. Yeah, what? Yeah, Can you explain yeah, this to me? Uh, are you really an ISIS hunter? Are you really an ISIS Are you a sticker buyer? <laughs> all of my opinions are so important that they're expressed in bumper stickers on my gun case. <laughs> So, kind of interesting group of questions. Yeah, was um, that, was that it? You know, it's it's funny. So I look at the, I, I look at like the questions we've been through, and I, I look at what we talked about. I I almost wonder if taking these questions created as many more questions <laughs> about because wow. based you based know, on our responses, they did. yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, it actually funny thing is is it actually caused dialogue amongst amongst us to question some of the questions. Um, I think it's interesting. I think it's I think it's unique that that the the viewers want to look at us and say, "Hey, you know, tell me what you think about this." Um, I'm sure that this will generate other questions. Well, I was just you know, say we could go on for another yeah, exactly. four or five hours. I'm sure if we all signed in right now, we could all you know. Right now, there's yeah, like some in. Instagram <laughs> famous person who's like, "No, he's wrong. No, it's no, the flashy shit it. that yeah. works. Yeah. Sign up for my class." <laughs> you know. But it's awesome. Um, yeah, man, it's good to see you guys. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, uh, like meeting up and fielding these questions, having a drink and hanging out. It's uh, like I said, I'm sure it'll generate more. We'll probably have to do this again just to answer all the questions created from the questions that we made. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But it's uh, yeah, I like this kind of dialogue. I think it's good. I think it's healthy, and I think it's interactive. You know, we live in such a new world that things are short term like that. You know. With, with the Facebook, the Instagram, all of the different kinds of avenues that people could communicate through social media, it's almost instantaneous. So being able to field questions like that, this and being able to, to take that feedback direct from, from the folks that, that interact with us, uh, I think it's good. I think it's a real good thing. Very good comments and points from these guys. I've been at this now 26, 27 years being in the gun industry. And it's it's interesting to watch the instructors that, I mean, let's go back 40 years, you had Jeff Cooper with Gunsight. And today, you can, you can think of uh, certain instructors, certain brands, so to speak, certain school names that are still relevant and popular. Uh, you know them by their name. And then there's other instructors you don't know by their name today, but 10 years ago, they were relevant. We like to think at Pantio, we have a different perspective because what we end up seeing is what makes a great instructor doesn't always make that instructor a great marketing person. 
So I hate to say it, but oftentimes an instructor could be really good at what they do and probably one of the best out there at teaching you to be a better shooter, but their marketing abilities suck, so no one knows who the hell they are. I mean, think about that. If you're not on Instagram and you're not on Facebook and you're not on YouTube, you get these social media Twinkies out there today with no backgrounds, with thousands of followers and people kissing their ass, where in reality you have solid instructors that have been out there for years teaching really good stuff, but people don't know who they are because they lack in their social media skills. That's a pretty fucked up state of affairs. But anyway, that wraps up the first episode of a series of episodes of Inside Story, where we sit down with our instructors from specific backgrounds and talk about stuff that is relevant to what's going on today. The next episode of Inside Story is The Blue Line. We sit down with three instructors with law enforcement backgrounds and get their perspective on what's going on in the industry and questions that are posed to them. We're going to sit down with Dave Spaulding, Wes Doss, and Richard Nance. You need to check that out. for listening to the Make Ready with the Experts podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Visit us at makeready.tv and check out our online library of training content you can't get anywhere else. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe, share, and give us a review. We would appreciate your feedback.